Thanks, Rebecca. Yes, Steve. Um, yes, Steve. Uh, when I was kind of checking out, I thought um, I could feel the, very much the taste and varieties of temptations, but I couldn't uh, have more difficulty with the taste of patience. Um, and so I'm kind of playing around with the question of starting the day with. Um, I mean, there are a lot of, there are just cases where there's an absence of impatience. That is more what I see. Am I really being patient? I've been in circumstances. Immediately, I try to think of examples, but I felt like I was coaching myself. Patience, patience, patience. Is that what's really, and then can I really say that that's patience coming up, or am I really struggling with impatience at that moment? Yeah. Well, I think that's for us to hold today, that whole question. And, uh, you know, in, in Buddhism generally, some of you may not know, but the Buddha often talked about the goal or the whole process of awakening in terms of what is being abandoned. So we always, you know, people who don't understand or haven't studied the teachings carefully might sort of rarefy Nibbana or Nirvana as some kind of heaven, heavenly state. But it means that, you know, Nibbana is about cessation, the cessation of greed, anger, and delusion. Or we could say the cessation of impatience. And um, so it's just interesting, like, uh, we, the mind wants to paint something pretty or is confused why there isn't some idea of patience that's sort of beautiful. But the, the tendency is to grasp it and then to be impatient about getting it, you know, until we get caught in the trap. So I think through the day, let's keep coming back to the point. And Rebecca sort of, both points actually sort of pick up on it, like understanding the, uh, you know, really understanding clearly the process of abandoning impatience. Or even if we have to just, like Steve said, coach ourselves to refrain. And this is like Rebecca's point where, you know, it's easier in a way when it's more of an intense experience. And then when it's just ordinary, in a way where when things are ordinary, we drop our guard. We don't think we have to practice. In a way, we're willing to be impatient. You know, the toast burns. And, and we can be impatient, you know, act it out in a way. But if we're there with somebody and we know that this person's really sensitive and we've had problems before, we can be there. You know, Mark, just be patient. You know, just relax. You know, really show up. And we can be a lot more skillful. So I think part of it is is like training that coaching to be more pervasive, more subtle, more wholesome. So it's there all the time. It doesn't seem so kind of weird to be kind of coaching ourselves, um, like not to be impatient. But to, just to have that ongoing wisdom that understands there's the possibility in this moment to be impatient or patient. Maybe time for one more or two more comments. So Lewis, first we'll go to Jerry and then Lewis. That's a very forgiving attitude. That sounds patient. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I can, I can practice, and sometimes I'm not. 
Now, isn't that sort of a patient attitude? Like, so when we, when, like, if you really assess the situation correctly, and the mind, in a sense, can't practice or can't restrain itself or can't sort of, re, you know, reorient itself, then it seems appropriate to be patient with the mind acting out, knowing that maybe it won't always be this way. <laughs> But, but what is the prop? But, but the, the point I'm raising, Jerry, what is the proper way to relate to the mind when it's not being proper? You know. I guess I just kind of wait. Yeah, yeah, that's what I kind of picked up in what you were saying, and that's why I said that's kind of a patient attitude. <laughs> you know, and and I think that's important to understand that whatever we're talking about in terms of patience, that it's going to look different. You know. This is just, you know, patience today is just the word we're using for wisdom. So it's a particular window into what we call wisdom or like understanding how it all works and then living in alignment with that. You know, so patience is one way for us as human beings to talk together about how in moments we are in alignment and then we're living out of that alignment and things work better. And because that you know, different conditioning is going to be stimulated, sort of come online at different moments in our life. And sometimes the conditioning that comes online is going to be really primitive, you know, a lot of fear or a lot of desire, craving rather. And sometimes the conditioning that gets triggered is going to be very subtle, you know, and it's just more fluid and less fixed. So how patience looks is going to be according to the situation because wisdom always meets the conditions as they are. It's like the appropriate way to meet this set of conditions. So when the mind is out of control, you know, screaming, running, banging, then patience is going to look a particular way. You know, it's like parents with kids. It's great to see this when kids really lose it. You know, they're too tired. They can't be soothed. You know, it's really interesting to watch skillful parents or teachers with those kind of children. Because they just know how to create a lot of space. They don't, like, judge their children or try to control them. They just, in a way, they make sure they're safe and get out of the way. Because generally, the child will react against them if they come with any forward energy. You know, it's the same lesson for our mind, too, in that way. Lewis, one more comment before we go on? I think what I'm beginning to notice more and more with myself is that there's a connection And I think that's a, another thing we want to hold today. The question I asked at the last part of that guide, it said was, I didn't say it this way, this is how it is in my notes here, that it's like, you know, who taught us to be impatient? You know, what, where did we get that lesson that this is the appropriate response to life, at least in so many moments of our lives? And what, you, what I heard you saying, Lewis, about anxiety, you know, it's like when anxiety isn't seen, it's still there, and in a way, it's a teacher. You know, 
maybe an unconscious teacher or an unconscious voice in our mind, that uneasiness, that un- anxiety or whatever. And, and basically, it's teaching us to rush, to push, to resist, to be impatient. Like, part of the, it's like, that's the uh, outward manifestation of anxiety may be impatience. And the not seeing of anxiety is going to be sort of the cause for impatience. We can just hold that. Like, what is that deeper, deeper in the sense that it's not yet fully conscious? We're not fully aware of it. What is that underlying uneasiness, whether for you it has the flavor of fear or anxiety, or for others a flavor of neediness? You know, it might be slightly different for different people. But what is that underlying uneasiness that is our teacher of impatience, kind of the promoter of impatience, justifier of impatience? Because if it's really more about abandoning impatience, then that's what we need to see more than somehow, you know, figuring out how to be patient, you know, what that might look like. And then we start to pretend to be patient. Let me just say a few things about the nuts and bolts, and then I thought it might be good to spend some time um, maybe defining some terms that we can use, just getting clear about that a little clearer.